friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the June 28th edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's kick off with African women's football. The Crested Cranes of Uganda are getting ready for their second appearance at the Africa Women's Cup of Nations tournament. The Ugandan ladies are in Group A at the African Women's Football Showpiece, which begins Saturday, July 2nd in Morocco. Also in their group are Burkina Faso, Senegal, and host Morocco. The Moroccan women will meet Burkina Faso in the opening match on Saturday in Rabat. And Uganda will play Senegal on Sunday, July 3rd, also in Rabat, in the first match for those teams. Joining us now from Kampala with a feature on the Ugandan women is Magume Davis Rockawinge. Sporty Tuesday greetings, Magume. Sporty Tuesday greetings to Tusani and our listeners. The Crested Queens qualified for the second time for the CAF Total Energies Women's African Cup of Nations, or Alcon, after defeating Ethiopia on penalties and Kenya's withdrawal in the final qualifying round. Ruth Arturo, the Crested Queens captain, says she'll be delighted. So I want to appreciate all my teammates and I encourage them to work more hard to see that we focus and we're going to play our best as Crested Queens senior team Uganda and we shall do our best together with the technical team. The Crested Queens were later joined by Ferro Sekafa member Burundi who qualified at the expense of Eritrea and Djibouti. The Crested Queens goalkeeper says herself and teammates will double their efforts ahead of the July tournament. Myself preparing for the Alcon games and believe that through our preparations and organization and the program that I've been going through, I hope and I believe that my team will bounce back more stronger since we had already started preparing so much to see that we can beat Kenya. We are never scared about them. The Crosses Queens will be back at the finals after 22 years of absence since the 2000 edition that was hosted by South Africa. Georgie Lutalo, the Crosses Queens coach, says he's grateful Ugandan flag will be hosted high at the Continental Showpiece. I feel very uh, proud of myself, having guided the team to qualify. This is the second time, but after uh, 20, 22 years, for the entire nation, it would be very good for us as Uganda. He says the participation of the Crested Queens at the finals for the second time will motivate other girls during the game, predominantly played by males. Rutaro says he'll summon Uganda's best players both locally and foreign best, such as Yudea Nakayenze, who plays for Linda Wilson College in the U.S., Joanne Nabidye from Bihinga Queens FC in Kenya, Sandra Nabeteme from Iceland, Shirazi Natasha, who plays for Maccabi, Kislot Hadera in Israel, goalkeeper Deze Nakaziro and striker Fazila Ikwaput, who play for reigning local champions Lady FC in Kampala. The team will be boosted by Uganda and the 20 women national team captain Fauzia Najemba, recently sealed the move to Kazakhstan Women Champions, Big Kazakat. For now, Rutaro says we aim at helping the girls showcase their talents at the outcorn. And we are really focused. We are really focused. We have a target that we need to achieve. We are not ending only on that, but we need also to push even to the World Cup. So it is a task ahead of us that we need to overcome. Grace Lindsay and Babas, 
sports journalist in Kampala says it won't be an easy task. Considering the circumstances surrounding women football, for example, some women have to sneak out of their homes just to play, others are trolled for their gender. I think it's important for them to represent the country and as well play at the continent. It will open doors for them. So playing at the continent, I think, will be a dream come true for the Crested Cranes because some of them, their lives will be changed forever. Midfielder Haspana Suna says the Crested Cranes have the task to toss it out with Africa's soccer greats. It is a great opportunity that we are not going to take for granted because we have been waiting and yearning for this. All of us, this is our first time to qualify for Alcon. So we are going to Morocco to play our hearts out. The Crested Queens will meet some of Africa's very best, such as the Indomitable Lionesses of Cameroon, the Super Falcons of Nigeria, South Africa's Banyana Banyana and Zambia. Others are debutants Botswana, Burundi, Burkina Faso and Togo, as well as perennial competitors Senegal and Tunisia. For the sunny side of sports, I am Mugume, Davis Ruakarinji Kampala, Uganda. Hello listeners, by the names I'm Ikwaput Fazila, Lady Doves FC Club, then I play for the Crested Crane forward. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. The Africa Women's Cup of Nations football tournament in Morocco also doubles as the African qualifying competition for the 2023 Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. The top four teams in Morocco will qualify for the Women's World Cup, and two more African teams will advance to inter-confederation playoffs with a shot at the World Cup. The Athletics Federation of Nigeria is optimistic of a few podium performances at the upcoming World Championships in the USA after holding trials in Benin City. Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with the Federation's technical director, Samuel Onikeku. Well, the trials has gone well. We've seen some superlative performances, especially in the 100 meters for women, 11.03, 11.04. And then for 100 meters men, 9.99. It's been a long time, since 2003. Nobody has run nine on the, our shows. So this has made the competition to go well. We are excited, we are happy. And again, the 4 by one men hitting the standard and hopefully we believe that nobody will be able to upstage us from the four by one men so the uh, championship has really gone well can we say that team nigeria is sure of good representation at the world athletics championship and at the birmingham commonwealth games of course we are ready and our plan is to move to america quickly to go and camp in america before the World Championship will start. You see that our relay team have not been together for a long time. They, ju- they just practiced for two days and we are able to qualify. So once we keep them together for like 10, 12 days, they will run better. I will believe that we will we'll, uh, we'll target to get to the finals first. And when it's finals, you know so many people will be tense. There's every possibility for us to pick a medal. Talking about the World Athletics Championship first, are there some athletes who are not here who in, you intend bringing over that will join you in the U.S. to complement the team? 
Well, there are no athletes. The only athlete that is not here is uh, Fever Philly. Okay. And she has sent a medical report to Rox, who will study it and then know what to do about that. What would be your message to Nigerians who are expecting podium performances at the two international events? When I say international events, what are ladies' championship and then the Commonwealth Games? For the World Athletics Championship, we believe that uh, we'll still continue to medal. Remember that Ese Brume has been meddling in every competition she has been participating in. And we are expecting that Tobi Amunson will come good, uh, Chiko Ibuka in the short put, and then our 4x1 relay for men. We have a very good team. Even the 4x1 relay for women, we have a very good team. If Ophili comes into the team, we'll see that we have a very, very good team. That's Samuel Onakeku, the technical director of the Athletics Federation of Nigeria. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye in Benin City, Nigeria. Sporty greetings. This is Toby Mission, 100-meter huddles, African champion, African Games record holder, national champion, Commonwealth Games champion, Olympic finalist, and um, the Diamond League Trophy winner, 2021. You're listening to the sunny side of sport on The Voice of America. On the next Straight Talk Africa, we'll look at the U.S. investigation into the January 6, 2021 insurrection that has shaken the country. Many Americans believe their democracy is being threatened. Also, will electricity blackouts worsen in Africa? And how will countries on the continent meet their energy needs? Join me, Heidi Adams, and my guests for an in-depth look at these issues on the next Straight Talk Africa, this Wednesday at 1830 UTC. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Also, please note, we've moved our programs to VOAAfrica.com. There you'll find your favorite VOA TV and radio shows, including the sunny side of sports and a whole lot more. Find us on VOAAfrica.com. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. The National Football League, the top league in American-style football, has hosted its first African developmental camp in Ghana's capital, Accra. The week-long program was aimed at finding fresh talent and building the sport's popularity across Africa. Sananu Tord reports from Accra, Ghana. It was all fun and euphoria at the Kempinski Hotel in Accra, where fans of the National Football League, the NFL, assembled to meet with football athletes, stars and legends of the game. This is the first time the NFL has held an event in Africa as part of its goal to see the sports grow outside of the United States. According to NFL International's Chief Operating Officer, Damani Leach, the league hopes to increase the number of players from Africa and build its foreign fan base. The UN projects in the next 30 years, half the world's population growth is going to come from Africa. So more and more young people in the continent, um, rapid urbanization, more and more people moving into cities, becoming consumers of sports and entertainment. And as that grows and develops, we want the NFL to be in a position to grow and develop with it. 
The week-long event was dubbed NFL Africa, the touchdown, and hosted 49 athletes from seven African countries. The athletes camped and trained with professional players from the NFL, including Ghana's Jeremiah Osu Kramwa. The training camp is part of the NFL's International Player Pathway Program, IPPP, which seeks to identify foreign talent and integrate them into the league. Nigeria's Osi Umanyora is a two-time NFL champion with the New York Giants and a leader behind the talent search in Africa. He said his goal is to make champions of African athletes. Well, we have over 100 players of African descent in the NFL right now. And if you look at the trends, you probably see maybe 10% of the NFL labor force will be coming from Africa uh, pretty soon. And then also all those guys wanted to do something back home, but nobody really knew what to do. So what better thing to do than to come over here, come home, and give people an opportunity to be exactly where you are. So that's the whole premise behind everything we're doing. Another part of the project is to give children the opportunity to learn flag football. In a two-day event, the NFL team trained sports teachers and students from 10 schools in Accra about the less violent version of the sport. Ifyala is the NFL's head of community and grassroots development. She says the program encourages Ghanaian kids to play sports both locally and abroad. From here, those schools are going to go away and deliver flag um, and build towards a tournament in November. So we'll hold our first ever Accra flag football championships. Within that, a team from those schools will be selected to represent Ghana at the Pro Bowl in the International Division in 2023. Ghana's Vice President, Dr. Mohamedou Baumia, lauded the initiative and pledged the government's support to help the NFL to grow in Ghana. Sana Anutod for VOA News, Accra, Ghana. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA. VOA's Newsmaker Interview Program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at VOANews.com or connect with us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Carol Castiel VOA or on Twitter at Carol Castiel VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. A warm welcome to day one of Wimbledon 2022. A big year with the centenary of the centre court. And the doors open. It's match one on centre court 2022. My dreams, childhood dreams came true here in this court, in this tournament. So, of course, it's an absolute uh, honor and pleasure to come back to, to the center court of Wimbledon. Cheers for Novak Djokovic, the top seed and defending men's champion at Wimbledon. Djokovic got off to a good start on Monday. He beat South Korea's Sunwoo Kwon in four sets 
in the opening match on center court. Also winning on Monday was the third seed among the women, Anz Jabur of Tunisia. Anz Jabur, third seed in the world number two, safely into the second round. It's a great start for me. Hopefully, you know, I want to go as far as I can in this tournament. And uh, jumping for games is a start, you know. been here supporting and through the tough times as well but uh yeah it's all worth it to play on center court and especially come through with a win <laughs> and one more andy murray win to add to the century of center court stories Obviously, I'm getting on a bit now, so I don't know how many more opportunities I get to play on this court, so I want to make the most of every time um, I get to come out here now. And um, Yeah, glad I managed to, to get through and hopefully get another match on here in a couple of days. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And you've been listening to some day one Wimbledon tennis highlights. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends, breakout artists, new releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. And as the Voice of America celebrates its 80th year of broadcasting, this Music Time in Africa programming note, it's the VOA's longest-running English-language program. That's right. Music Time in Africa was founded in 1965 by the late, great Leo the Music Man Sarkeesian. And Heather Maxwell has done an exemplary job succeeding Leo the Music Man Sarkeesian. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In professional golf, more than $7 million in prize money is at stake this week at the John Deere Classic Meet in Silvis, Illinois. Joining us now with a preview from Silvis is George McNeely. Saying that playing on the PGA Tour is a dream come true, Chicago's Patrick Flavin is among this year's sponsor exemptions teeing it up at the John Deere Classic. It's really nice when you get into these events because you appreciate so much. Um, 
how like there's so many volunteers and people out there that are there to do everything for you. And it's, it's definitely not like that when you're playing a Monday qualifier um, or playing those developmental tours in general. Flavin, the Miami of Ohio standout, is a five-time Monday qualifier this season and joins the likes of Southern Illinois' Luke Gannon, Duke graduate Quinn Riley, and Oklahoma's Chris Goderup in the 51st John Deere Classic Field. Now, over the years, sponsor exemptions have made magic happen here and elsewhere. They include major winners Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm, and Webb Simpson, as well as a trio here this week, Zach Johnson, Jason Day, and defending champion Lucas Glover. Last summer, Glover won here for his first PGA Tour victory in a decade. I've always said the best feeling on tour is the next week after you win, every one of your peers congratulating you. Whether they like you or you like them, everybody at least tells you congratulations, you and your caddy, and I think that's the coolest thing. Glover looks to become the first to successfully defend his title at the John Deere since Steve Stricker won a decade ago. In all, nine former John Deere Classic winners are teeing it up this week. Nearly 1,600 people donate their time and talents supporting every facet of the John Deere Classic. By day, Pat Eikenberry is a civil engineer, but this week he serves as the volunteer chairman at TPC Deer Run. The John Deere Classic ranks number one per capita of events of this size. The tournament's received many awards over the years, including a Tournament of the Year Award in 2016 and many awards for the most engaged community. And for good reason. Now in its 51st year of existence, this one tournament has helped raise almost $146 million for area charities. And I'm told 98% of that total has been accumulated since John Deere assumed title sponsorship in 1998. And with the 150th Open Championship just two weeks out, this tournament takes on added significance as it once again is part of a special qualifying series. There are three spots up for grabs for those who have yet to earn a berth in St. Andrews. From the John Deere Classic at TPC Deer Run, I'm George McNeely in Silvis, Illinois, for the sunny side of sports. Thanks, George. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music, from bubble music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Dumbolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC, right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat music show. On the basketball beat, Congolese player Bismack Biombo of the NBA's Phoenix Suns team recently spoke with the Voice of America about his career and his charitable foundation. Biombo told VOA that he first started playing basketball as a teenager in Lubumbashi in the Democratic Republic of Congo. 
This is Mike Biombo, a child of Africa. I stepped onto a basketball court at the age of 13 in Lubumbashi. I have a dream to play in the NBA, and at some point that dream turned into a goal like I can achieve it and I must achieve it, and I'm going for it, you know, and nothing gonna stop me. As a kid, you know, they say you dream big, and you obviously gotta know your dream, see your dream, and go get it, right? But you need the support of people around you. And I was lucky enough to have, you know, parents that supported me. It was not an option to turn around and fail because I, I was lucky enough that my dad and my, obviously eventually my mom believed so much in my dreams that they were willing to sacrifice and put up their own money for me to chase my dream. We made those decisions for a purpose and we're living a dream and now we set bigger goals and we're going for it. In 2012, we launched the Bismarck Biombo Foundation to provide opportunities to children of the Democratic Republic of Congo. I grew up in an environment where giving was easy for my family. My mom, my dad, they enjoy giving that for us it become like second nature. So as uh, a day before I go home, I decided like, I'm going to uh, buy some shoes uh, call our equipment manager, just get a bunch of stuff, jerseys, short t-shirt. And I'll go home and give these kids, you know, um, an opportunity to have like new pair of shoes and uh, all these things because I didn't have a brand new pair of shoes, you know. So I spent my 16 years of being young wearing somebody else's shoes pretty much, you know. So I'm gonna do a basketball camp and I will be, uh, the DJ, I will be the coach. It was too overwhelming for me, but the joy you receive from them, I think I was so grateful for it. Um, I remember going that day to bed and sleep like a baby. The foundation is currently building an international school in the Bombashi. And each year we award more than 150 scholarships within the DRC and the US. My job becomes to inspire uh, kids across Congo and make sure that we give all of them an equal opportunity. A more accessible and affordable healthcare is also at the center of our mission through our medical facility renovation, training, and equipment donations. There's an opportunity to make an impact, and I don't want to waste it. My dad was 61, and for the first time, you know, he checked into the hospital. It's just one of those days you wake up, you have a feeling like I have to go home and take care of my dad. Um, the situation was perhaps worse than I, I expected. If anybody would have told me to give up all my money for my dad, I would have, you know. And it's just, you know, nothing mattered at that moment but to help my dad get healthier. But when that didn't happen now, and that my dad has passed. So from that moment, I think the words, basketball, everything stopped, you know. And I realized that I couldn't quit basketball because of what happened to my dad. 
you know, he'd be so disappointed because he knew how much I love basketball and he knew how much basketball have allowed me to help a lot of people. So um, then when I called my agent, what I, I kind of told him was, I'm going to play the game again because I think I'm ready. But also, we use this year's salary to help people back home. And, and I want to build my dad an hospital that will continue servicing people because he believed in one guy, which is me. And now we get to do it for him. That's Congolese basketball player Bismack Biombo, and he spoke with VOA in the western U.S. city of Phoenix, Arizona. Women's basketball star Brittany Griner will go on trial starting Friday in Russia, as we hear now from the AP's Jim Heinz. Brittany Griner, the American women's basketball star who was arrested in Moscow in February, appeared in court and her trial was set to begin on July 1st. Greiner was arrested in February at a Moscow airport when inspectors found vape canisters containing cannabis oil. She has since been held in detention, and she faces up to 10 years in prison. Greiner's lawyer says the trial may last up to two months. And that wraps up the June 28th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.